Exodus 31, verse 12. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbath you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among these people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is a Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And when he had made an end of speaking with him on the Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, of two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. And then reading from the New Testament, page 1375, 1375, Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. And reading through verse 13. Hebrews 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he said, So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he had spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place they shall not enter my rest since it therefore remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day, saying to David, Today, after such a long time, as it has been said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall after the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to his eyes of him to whom we must give account. As far the reading of God's word, may he add his blessing to it in conjunction with it. I invite you to look at the Heidelberg Catechism in the back of the Trinity Psalter hymnal, page 891, Lord's Day 38, concerning the fourth commandment. Lord's Day 38, page 891, in the middle of the first column. What is God's will for you in the fourth commandment? First, that the gospel ministry and schools for it be maintained, and that especially on this festive day of rest, I diligently attend the assembly of God's people to learn what God's word teaches, to participate in the sacraments, to pray to the Lord publicly, and to bring Christian offering for the poor. 
Second, that every day of my life I rest from my evil ways. Let the Lord work in me through his spirit, and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. Beloved of the Lord, Moses taught the Israelites that the Sabbath was a sign. It was a symbol. A symbol of the fact that God is the one who sanctifies his people, who sets them apart, who makes them holy. God is the one who separates the Jewish people from the rest of the people of the earth and and makes them his special possession. The Sabbath is a sign of that. The Sabbath is a symbol of the relationship between God and his people. Uh, To reject the Sabbath is to reject the Lord of the Sabbath. And those who keep no Sabbath day's rest publicly declare that they they want no part of this special relationship with God. They want no part of God's covenant. Those who keep the Sabbath day holy publicly declare themselves to to be God's covenant people. And uh, they declare their loyalty to him who said that he was Lord of the Sabbath. Jews of Jesus' day saw Sabbath rest as a way to earn God's favor. Uh, That is uh, the wrong way to view it. These uh, commandments, as I mentioned this morning, are given to the blood-bought people of God, to the redeemed people of God, to the ones who have already been brought close to God through blood atonement, through the sacrificial lamb. And now this is set before the people of God as the way they can show their love and their gratitude for what God has done for them. And it's in that context that we want to look at it today. And the first thing I want to take note of is the uh, the origin of God's holy day. Uh, the origin of the Sabbath, of course, has its roots in the activity of God at the creation of the world. In Genesis 2, verse 2, we read that God finished his work and rested on the seventh day. And then he blessed that seventh day and made it holy. And we have to stop and just say, what does that mean, blessed the day? Well, how do you bless a day? How do you make 24 hours or 12 hours of daylight or whatever uh, the, it stands for? How do you make that blessed? You know, I understand how you bless people and you, you give them things that are good for them. But what, what do you give to a day? A day isn't a person, doesn't have a personality, doesn't realize it's being blessed. So how do you bless a day? Well, you bless a day by making it a blessing for those who observe it as a special day. He made the day holy. That is, he set it apart. There are six ordinary days, six common days, and then one special day. And for everyone who observes that special day, it will be a day of blessing for them. That's what it means that he set it apart and made it holy and blessed it. God's uh, Sabbath uh, was a day when he rested from the work of creation. He finished the creation in six days, and he hasn't worked at creation since. He has worked at redemption, but he hasn't worked at creation. Uh, he rested from it. And we read uh, in verse 17 of the text that I read to you, uh, Exodus 31:17. on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. He was refreshed. That is, uh, he, he, he saw all that he had made. He saw that it was not only good, it was very good. And he experienced exhilaration. Uh, he was refreshed. He was 
uh, excited about what he had done. He, had, he delights in his work. He delights in the work of his hands. It was a day to rejoice and be glad in what has been accomplished and uh, all that he had made, how it reflected his glory in uh, every aspect of uh, the creation. Uh, since he uh, finished the work of creation, he has been resting from creation ever since. And that's why our catechism talks about uh, beginning now the eternal Sabbath. Uh, we have been uh, uh, brought into the Sabbath by the command of God. He tells us to work six days and rest one. But uh, even before he gave the, the fourth commandment, uh, Adam and Eve got involved in the Sabbath because it was their first full day. They were created on day six, uh, sometime during the day, so they didn't, they weren't around for the whole sixth day. There was part of it where they hadn't been created yet, but then the next day was the first day, first full day of their lives. And it was the day that God had set apart. It was the day when God rested. It was the day when he was refreshed. And, and they were with God in the garden, experiencing what he was experiencing, enjoying what he was enjoying. Their first full day was a day of rest. And then God commands his people to uh, observe uh, that uh, pattern of six days working and then a seventh day in uh, in the book of Genesis, a little later on, a few chapters on, uh, it talks about Cain and Abel bringing gifts. And it says that uh, in the course of time is the way our English Bible has it. But literally, it says at the end of days, the Hebrew uh, wooden translation would be at the end of days, which means they observed a pattern of days. And at the end of that pattern of days, they they brought gifts for God and it's natural to assume, it's very uh, reasonable to assume that the pattern of days that they were observing was the pattern that God had observed. Uh, that's the only pattern of days that they would have known at that point was the pattern that God had said of six days of work and then a day to uh, delight in the works of God and, and to worship God. Uh, we know that Noah sent out the dove every seven days so that he too was observing a pattern of days modeled after God's days. And uh, we know that uh, uh, a man was uh, punished for uh, picking up sticks on the Sabbath day before the Ten Commandments were given. Uh, a few chapters before that, a uh, man was violating the Sabbath. Uh, so the idea of Sabbath rest was known to the ancient patriarchs from the very beginning. When mankind uh, sinned, of course, they were driven from paradise uh, and uh, the penalty of being driven from paradise is they can't be with God anymore. And they, uh, there's distance now between them and God. Uh, God can have no fellowship with sinners. But uh, no sooner had man uh, sinned than God came with a promise, a promise of salvation. And the promise of salvation is the promise to bring fallen mankind back to himself uh, by putting enmity between the woman and the serpent and the woman's seed and the serpent's seed, God is saying, I'm going to bring you back to my side. You've sided with the wrong side. You've sided with Satan. But I'm going to separate you, which means you're going to be back on my side again. God is going to bring back, bring us back to himself. And now he says in Exodus 31, the symbol of this, that the symbol of the fact that I'm 
sanctifying you. I'm, I'm making you holy. I'm bringing you, making you so that you can come back and live with me again. The symbol of that is uh, the Sabbath day. It's a symbol of our relationship with God and God's great work of bringing us back to himself. Uh, in uh, Exodus uh, 31 verse 13, he says, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. Uh, in Isaiah 56, uh, God is uh, addressing the people of Israel again about the Sabbath, and he says, Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house. What's he going to do? He's going to bring us, bring us to himself, bring us to his holy mountain, uh, bring us to his house, uh, bring us back into the Garden of Eden. Only now the Garden of Eden is going to encompass the whole world. You know, uh, when the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven and the whole world becomes God's abode, God's going to bring us to himself. And who's he going to do this for? People who don't profane the Sabbath. People who keep his covenant, yeah. profaning the uh, not profaning the Sabbath and keeping his covenant are parallel to each other in in a line of Hebrew poetry, which means they're practically the same thing. Uh, keeping the Sabbath and keeping the covenant are are identical. Uh, uh, they they mean the same thing. They they accomplish the same thing. They they are the means by which we are brought back. Of course, we haven't kept God's covenant. We've broken it, but someone has kept it kept it for us. Uh, Jesus Christ uh, fulfilled all righteousness on our behalf. And so uh, when you put your faith in him, his perfect keeping of the Sabbath and his perfect keeping of the covenant is attributed to you so that you know that this promise applies to you as well, that God will bring you to his holy hill and bring you into his house and give you much joy. Uh, for Jesus, salvation is, is synonymous with rest. Uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you salvation. But no, he says, I will give you rest. But what, is he, what rest is he, is he talking about there? Uh, it's, it's not just rest from a hard life and having to work six days. Uh, I'm going to give you a big vacation. No, he's talking about God's rest. I, I will give you the rest that, that is planned for you, that your first parents, Adam and Eve, experienced on that first full day of their lives. Uh, the rest of God, his eternal rest. You're invited to come and uh, be a part of that. Therefore, when you and I hear about the Sabbath day, we should rejoice. It, it, it was made for us. That's what Jesus says. Uh, uh, man wasn't made for it. You know, we don't serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us. It, it's, it's a gift to us to, uh, that we're invited to come into and enjoy and celebrate with God. One special day each week to remember that God is calling us to himself, calling us back to himself, calling us back to his, into his presence to, to fill us with joy. We should be filled with eagerness and excitement to enter into God's rest. Now, it is the case that we have not yet fully entered into God's rest. Uh, we have not yet received the fullness of our salvation. And therefore, this idea of Sabbath rest has not yet been fulfilled and therefore, the fourth commandment is something that we still need to observe. You know, that when Moses gave rules and regulations about blood sacrifice, we say, we don't have to do that anymore. Christ fulfilled all blood sacrifice. And so we don't, we don't offer blood sacrifices anymore because Christ has done it once for all. 
that's been fulfilled. But the idea of entering into his rest hasn't hasn't happened yet. There yet remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, the author of Hebrews says. And so we should be very much concerned with observing Sabbath rest. Which brings up the question, how should we do that? How should we observe Sabbath rest? Well, first thing I'm going to say is you should do it on the eighth day. That is the first day of the week, the day after the seventh day, the day of resurrection. Why do I say that? Well, for a number of reasons. Uh, if you look closely at the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 19 and Deuteronomy 5 and look closely at the Fourth Commandment, you'll see that there's a, a major difference with regard to the Fourth Commandment between Exodus and Deuteronomy. The requirement is the same for both. Uh, six days you, you shall labor uh, and uh, the seventh you, you rest. Uh, but the reason for it is different. In Exodus, the reason we're supposed to do it is because that's what God did. God worked for six days and then he rested on the seventh day. And so uh, the, the fourth commandment in Exodus 19 looks back at God's great work in creation and says, we have to model our behavior after what God did at the beginning. Well, when you get to Deuteronomy, again, you have the, the same requirement, but a different reason is given. And the reason given here is, The reason you should work for six days and rest on the seventh is because God brought you out of Egypt. He delivered you from bondage. He saved you. In other words, God's redeeming work, his redemptive work, his salvific work, his work of salvation is the foundation of uh, the fourth commandment. It's as if this commandment is standing on two legs or two pillars. Uh, I like the idea of legs because uh, sometimes I lean on this leg and sometimes I lean on this leg and a lot of times I just rock back and forth between the two. But uh, the commandment stands on two legs. And as long as God's work of creation was his greatest work, the commandment leaned on the first leg, on the Exodus 19 and God's behavior at the beginning and creation. And so we observed it on the sixth day. But after Christ's death and resurrection which accomplishes our salvation. He died to atone for our sins. He was raised for our justification, says the scripture. Uh, And that work was accomplished on the first day of the week, or what the Old Testament would have called the eighth day, uh, because that happened on the the first day of the week. Uh, Now the commandment leans on that. Uh, That's the greatest work that God has done in all history. The work of redemption is is more wonderful, more gracious, more glorious than even creation. Creation is infinitely glorious, but if if you can outdo infinite glory of creation, then you then it's redemption. Redemption is even more glorious because God does it for the undeserving. Uh, we we don't deserve redemption. We deserve the opposite of redemption, and yet He gives us uh, what we don't deserve, and He does it at great cost to Himself. Uh, creation was just an expenditure of his power and a display of his glory. But this uh, this hurts him. Redemption hurts him uh, because he suffered and died in our place and took the punishment that we deserve. And now we lean on that. And we see the, the New Testament doing that very thing. Uh, in uh, uh, Acts chapter 20, uh, it says there on the on the first day of the week, when we were gathered to break bread, the church met on the first day of the week. 
and uh, writing to the Corinthians in First uh, Corinthians 16, Paul is telling the Corinthian church, you know, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring the Macedonians and the Macedonians have given a lot of money and I've told them that you want to give a lot of money and if when we arrive uh, you haven't collected anything, you're going to be embarrassed, I'm going to be embarrassed. So he says, on the first day of every week, on the first day of every week, bring your gift. And uh, why does he say the first day of the week? Well, he knows that's when the church of Jesus Christ in the New Testament would meet. They would meet on the first day of the week. And so every week they're to have an offering so that when Paul comes, they don't have to have a, a collection to try to catch up and keep up with the uh, the Macedonians. Uh, already in the Old Testament, there were many things that important things that pointed to salvation that happened on the eighth day. Think of circumcision, for example. Why the eighth day? Well, because it's the first day of a, a, a new beginning. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, it points to the rolling away of our sinful nature, which took place uh, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, accomplished on the first day of the week. Uh, Pentecost was uh, an eighth day Sabbath day. There were Sabbath days in the Old Testament beside the last day of the week, and Pentecost was one of them. And uh, uh, Jesus appeared to his disciples on the first day of the week, and then he appeared to them a week later on the first day of the week, and then he poured out the Spirit on the first day of the week. And so we have all these uh, emphases on the first day of the week, the day of resurrection, that point to, to the fact that that's the day that we observe uh, to remember uh, that uh, God is the one who is sanctifying us. God is the one who is making us holy. That's one thing that we should do. We should observe the fourth commandment on the first day of the week. The second thing is that we should rest from our work so that we can focus on Christ's finished work, so that we can focus on the invitation to come into God's eternal rest And the invitation is the preaching of the gospel, the call to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus, the preaching of who he is and what he has done. And uh, that's how people come into God's rest. They hear the gospel and they repent and they believe. Uh, How will they hear if no one is sent? And so our catechism makes mention of the fact that uh, the very first thing uh, regarding the fourth commandment is make sure that you support uh, seminaries uh, for the training of preachers because uh, that's where the invitation to enter God's rest will come from, from those who are sent to preach the gospel. But uh, we rest from one day, we rest from one day in order to remember that, that it's Christ's finished work, not our work, that gets us into heaven. You know, if you have a hard time, Resting from your ordinary labors one day a week, you have to ask yourself why. Why, why is it so hard to, to lay aside that work? Uh, a lot of times it's because we, we are of little faith. We don't trust God to, to take care of us. We think that, that our own well-being, our own livelihood is, is in our own hands. And if, if I don't work seven days a week, I'm going to fall behind. My business is going to fail. My my crops won't get harvested. You know, disaster is going to come because it all depends upon me. It all depends upon my labors. The Bible says it doesn't. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain, says the psalmist. You know, if, if God doesn't bless, all our labor is for nothing. And one way we show that we trust God is by saying, okay, God, I, you tell me to do it for six days and, 
and you'll take care of me. So I'll show that I, I believe you. I show that I love you and that I trust you to take care of me by, by observing one day of rest from my labors. Of course, there are, uh, uh, that doesn't mean a, a day of total inactivity. Uh, the, uh, the Pharisees were the ones who thought that doing nothing would make them uh, look good in the eyes of God. But that's not what uh, uh, the Bible teaches. It's a day of sacred assembly in the Old Testament uh, where the people of God assembled. They came together and, and people should come together as much as it is within your power to do so. Uh, you should gather with the people of God. There comes a time in life where you become uh, too weak or incapacitated because of an injury or something where it's uh, impossible or uh, to, to do so. But uh, as far as it is within your power, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Uh, come together to uh, hear God's word, to sing his praises, to pray, to give uh, gifts, uh, bring gifts to the poor, to uh, partake of the sacraments. It's, it's a day where we come to honor him. And uh, it's, a, it's a day. You know, uh, Psalm uh, 92 is, uh, has a title. And it says, A Song for the Sabbath. And those titles are part of uh, God's inspired word. Those are not uh, editorial remarks by uh, some modern publisher. Uh, the psalm titles are part of the original inspired text. Uh, It's a song for the Sabbath, and that song for the Sabbath says, uh, it's good. It's good to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. It's a day of coming together for the worship of God. And uh, so, uh, just as the Israelites had to offer morning and evening sacrifices, so we come together not once but twice on the Lord's Day. Uh, This is a day that we remember that uh, God is calling us to himself to be with him forever in his eternal rest and uh, to make that happen. He is sanctifying us. And so we let the light of this day shine on every day by uh, more and more putting to death our old nature and more and more putting on the new nature so that we might be conformed to the image of Christ every day of our lives in uh, knowledge and righteousness and uh, holiness. So uh, we observe the day by uh, doing it on the first day of the week. We observe the day by resting from our ordinary labors in order to come together as the people of God to celebrate uh, the goodness of our God and to hear the call to come into his eternal rest through faith in Jesus Christ today to uh, do good works. You know, the Pharisees uh, criticized Jesus for breaking the Sabbath when he healed the sick. Well, this is a great day to uh, visit people in the nursing homes and to engage in other acts of kindness and mercy to those who are in need. Uh, it's a it's a good day to do good things for for people to glorify God, and chief among them coming together to encourage one another uh, from the Word of God. And so uh, we come then in light of the fact that Christ has already accomplished our salvation. And now says to us, to you, if you love me, uh, you will keep my commandments. This is one of my commandments. Uh, work for six days. Rest uh, on, on, another, on the seventh day. And uh, come and gather with my people and uh, worship him. Amen.